I'm an activist, but I'll be thrown out of the country if I go for protest. I am an activist, but I don't speak as freely as I should. You're listening to Sounds of Ohala, a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss activism and music. Join us as we sit down with musicians to discuss how their sociopolitical landscape shapes their music and creative process. I'm your host, Yasmin Albay. Our guest today is Satyarth Gurizada. Satyarth is a Kenyan Indian who moved to Bangalore four years ago to study law. He calls himself a Kenyan promoter of Afrobeat and reggae. I basically play the genres of reggae and Afrobeat music. So Dread Culture and me are the same person actually. Like I go by the yeah. stage name Dread Culture. So I play reggae and Afrobeat music. Nowadays I focus mainly on Afrobeat music. But I'm trying to create my own genre of music, which is called Afro-Karnatic music. Karnatic music is a style of Indian music. It's based in the southern part of India. It's a style of Indian music. So I want to bridge the gap between Africa and South Asia somehow. Because of the huge racism and the huge divide, I, I know music is the only thing that can unite them. And that's why I try to merge African rhythm with Indian melody. Does that make sense? Yeah. African rhythm with Indian melody. Two mm. vastly different things. The rhythm, and then something, something combined like that is bound to be fresh. I feel. I mean, obviously, it's not something that's been done before. So obviously, it's difficult to build a quick fan base. But I know whoever listens to the music, they will stay loyal to the music, and they will still they will stay loyal to my music and always come back for more. That's 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 what Red Culture is about. It's just about bridging gaps between societies and talking about social issues. And why did you choose the name Dread Culture? Because I mean, like they used to say to be a Rastafari, you know what Rast- the Rastafari? Yeah, to be a Rastafari you need to have dreadlocks. But then I'm like, I don't need dreadlocks. I have to have the dread culture. I have to have the culture. If I have the belief, if I believe in the philosophies of Rastafari, that's enough. I don't need to grow dreadlocks or, you know, speak in patois or like smoke a joint like to be a rastafari we don't need to have dreadlocks to believe in peace love unity you know i am what we call an afro-indian afro-indian we are known as muindis like the term in Swahili, in Kenya, is Muindi, so Afro-Indian. Like we have been always called Afro-Indians. Muindis, Afro-Indians mm. are a category. Like for example, we were my like our Indians were brought to Kenya as slaves to build the, the railway, and so then they intermingle with everyone. And like it's a very different culture there, you know. Like, how do you think your upbringing in in Kenya maybe influenced your interest in Afrobeats? Is there like how how did your interest in Afrobeats start? Since childhood, every kid grows up listening to Bob Marley, listening every Afri- I'm telling you, every African kid, everyone has grown up listening to Bob Marley. I mean, that's a fact. I mean, since school, my teachers used to play Bob Marley songs. We used to sing Bob Marley songs. Like there were nursery rhymes, I'd say. Bob Marley songs were nursery rhymes for us. And then Afrobeat, yeah, Fela Kuti, actually, to be honest, the type of music Fela Kuti made is very mature. So I don't think younger audiences Bob Marley, to be honest, he was he's he a pop icon, so even kids can appreciate. But there's certain music like Fela Kuti music. You can certain music you can only listen to when you're older, when you are more mature, right? 
respect and brotherhood still to be gained. Just look at what you have the faith and the time to. I mean, every part of Africa has a very unique music scene. I've always. Listen to a lot of Tuareg music. I don't know whether you know who the Tuareg people yeah, are. Yeah, of course. Tuareg Tenariwen. You know, have you heard of Tuareg yeah. Tenariwen? Yeah, yeah, of course. So yeah, like in the north of every part of Africa has always had from the north to the south to the west to the east. Every part today or over this past decade has had protest musicians. In the north, the most prominent has always been Tenariwen, who were always were rebel fighters in Mali. Right, they were. rebel fighters who use music as a weapon so i've always been inspired by them in the from the north african region so i really wanted to get into the north african music scene so i started learning arab scales like arab musical scales are very unique like you go it's a very like indian also it has a very very indian style to it then west africa was obviously fela kuti he was a huge uh, influence The North has always been a very different ball game from the rest of Africa. If you look at West Africa or South Africa or East Africa, the music culture has always been similar, as in this that pidgin English going on across the continent, across the South. So in the West we had Fela Kuti. In the South we had I don't know like another artist or what's his name I just forget. Lucky Dube. I don't know whether you're familiar with Lucky Dube. Lucky Dube was a very great reggae artist from South Africa who shot and killed like oh, wow. like twenty years ago. And then East Africa, we had a very recent in Uganda. There's a man called Bobby Wine. He was trying to run for president, but then now he's in chains. Like I mean, he was a musician, musical activist. So that's what I've always loved about African cult, African music scene. There's always been protest music because Africa was one of the most oppressed continents historically. It's been heavily oppressed. So protest music has always played an important role, you know. You so know? you you're very into like African music around yes. all regions. Yes, there's some beautiful music across the continent. I love that. I, I my music personally, if you have got a chance to listen yeah. to it. I combine Indian music with Arab, with North African music, with uh, West African rhythm, with Caribbean rhythm, with West African vocals. I try to. I am a strong believer in Pan Africanism. I strong strongly believe all Africans should be together. Oh, by the way, I want to also tell you. You know, Fela Kuti's band, what they were called. I want to tell you this when they were called Egypt AD. Really? I didn't called, know that. The band was called Fela Kuti and Egypt 80. His his first band was Africa 70. Then his second band was called Egypt 80 because he I guess I don't know whether it's true but from what I heard it's because you know at that time the west used to claim that aliens built the the pyramids. They could never fathom that Africans believe, built the pyramids. They could never fathom that Africans built the pyramids. They always felt the aliens built it. How can how can Africans build the pyramids? They didn't come. So he said he named his band Egypt 80 to show that Africans we are we are proud of Egypt and the pyramids, some of the, one of the greatest structures in the world created by Africans in Africa. So yeah, he was very he was a huge Pan African believer as well. How long have you been living in India for? And like, and oh wait, how long? 
Four years? Four years. Yes, I, I, I just came here to study. I'm actually studying law. I, I study law and I hopefully will one day get to be a human rights lawyer. You know, I want to get into that. I want to try doing human rights. And I use music as a tool also. I use music and law together. I try to use these two tools to help humanity, I guess you'd say. Because they're the only, they're very powerful tools, don't you think? Having law, the legal system behind you and having art behind you to make change, social change. Actually, the reason I started playing music was when I came here, many people would be racist when they found out I was from Kenya. Oh, you live in trees. You know the classic jokes, the, the, the classics. You know, you live in trees, oh, like this, you don't have water, oh, you don't have, you're just poor. So I said, why? Back then, Afrobeat, I don't think anyone was doing Afrobeat or anything African related back then. There were some pockets across the country. So I just said, fuck it, I will show you guys what Africa is. And so I started playing, I started with reggae. Bob Marley, I started doing Bob Marley covers and feel like, wow, the only guy in the whole city who does reggae. I was the only guy in the school. I'm still the only guy in the city. I'm in a city called Bangalore. Tinaruman actually came here to perform a few years ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so I, I'm the only guy who plays reggae and music in the whole city. And so I try to promote the Afrobeat. I do is very different from what Afrobeat is sold nowadays in this country. Afrobeat now in India has become commercialized. They play a commercial Afrobeat. So I'm the only guy trying to make like protest music, using Afrobeat to make protest music. So yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to do here, you know, use use protest music, use Afrobeat music as a tool to deal with oppression and, you know, try to make people open their eyes and, you know, help society more, make more privileged people, acknowledge their privilege and try to be better, you know, try to help the underprivileged. That's what I'm trying to do. Have you heard of caste? Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Casteism, yeah. color of your skin. That's a huge issue. I talk about it in almost all my songs. Skin color, casteism, colonial mind. In fact, if you want, can I recite a small part of my new song? Like just a few lines? Yeah, sure. It's called Colonial Mind. There's one stanza that goes, we hate our skin, we hate our food, we hate our gods, we hate our land. They, they love their people, you love their people. They hate your people, you hate your people. So that basically talks about how, because of the colonial mind, we hate everything about ourselves, the color of our skin, the shape of our nose, you know, the way we speak English. Why am I not sounding white enough? Why am I not sounding, you know, you know what I mean? Like, mm. since you're an international student, that problem must have also occurred with you. Why am I not white enough? Why am I not looking European, basically? And then, we love the white man. We love the West. We love to go there. We want to go there to study. We want to go there to work. But they don't like us most of the time. They don't like dark skin. They don't like Africans. They don't like Indians. They don't like any of us much but we love them and they don't like us. And by default, we start hating our own. We see like in Indians, for example, they're dark skinned Indians, brown Indians, white Indians, all types of Indians exist. We make fun. Oh, you're a dark skinned Indian. You're dark skinned, you're ugly, you know. 
you're ugly, you're a dark-skinned woman, I don't want to get married to you. These kind of these dark-skinned people are ugly. And the white man is the person who brings this upon us, you know? Mm. So, but but they love their own people and we love them. They don't have any problem with themselves, you know? They love each other but and we love them. But they hate us and we hate ourselves, mm. you know? So that's what the, the song is about. I mean, like, it's going to be... Uh, interesting album it's going to talk about political issues and stuff like that it'll be very different from the other songs you've heard so far what's the other the new album called voodoo chant voodoo chant it's like a pure afrobeat album the first album was reggae it was very reggae inspired music the new album will be pure nigerian afrobeat music we'll have another song called democracy democracy <laughs> as well like that's going to be there in that new EP hopefully i don't get sedition charges and stuff like that i don't know you know how the state of india is right i mean in terms of freedom of speech but when i see someone who's you know intolerant or someone who's you know racist racism and religious intolerance piss me off big time i get very angry you know i get very very angry at, at these things so i could never vent it out properly because people would sometimes you know be like this enough i can't deal with this anger so i said i'd use music as my tool to deal with these things and try to make people understand why it's wrong to hate someone for the color of their skin why it's wrong to hate someone for the way they look or for the religion they practice so that's why i felt i should use music because people will listen to it people will actually want to listen to music and it can slowly get into their heads you know like but do you think india is really at risk of like there being a lot of racism and it's there big time it's there i mean everyone is almost everyone i mean the youth at least like most of the youth were trying to make change like i mean the liberal there's a huge there's a growing liberal population coming up you know we are like supporting the transgender community we're supporting the like gay community we're supporting the huge liberal community coming up you know like we're like full of youth that means just youth like 18 years 16 17 years to like 30 years you know that range that age gap you know what i mean like so we are really trying to be liberal i mean we are becoming we're becoming very we're trying to promote the liberal agenda so much I and mean, we're trying to be good to everyone we're trying to ensure that everyone is treated fairly and equally and you know actually right now in the covid situation it's mainly the liberal people like the liberal people who are doing like fundraisers to pay for the masks or even you know these um, oxygen cylinders and all that so like we're really trying to help change the society i guess you'd say yeah these the youth are trying to make a change yeah well wow. it's really beautiful and it gives you hope because even though there's so much like xenophobia and racism in india the government is not being held accountable for these like crimes that are right now happening with the whole like corona situation it's it's amazing that like a whole generation of people are like going for collective action Sun, the body burns, my love, she spun the lines of blood and back to death. The system owns them till the end of time. While the boss is in the castle drinking the wine. We 
song roots like how did you get the inspiration for the song did you intend for it to be a social like a song you know, issues or I'll, tell, I, I'll tell you something about the music i write the music i write i write it in such a way that it can have multiple meanings so when i wrote this song three years ago i didn't expect today that the lyrics would still make sense in relation to covid in relation to the ca films because i wrote this because of police brutality happening in my college area like i remember like i was walking with some friends and the cops came and there was this very famous lady cop she was a very bad cop like she used to beat people and like she used to be very oppressive like so i wrote the song in relation to that i wrote the song in relation to police brutality at that time like 3 4 years ago and today the context in which it is used is still relevant so that's why i feel protest music is good because protest music is the only music which can be relevant throughout the ages look at bob marley's music or fela kuti's music bob marley's music he died 40 years ago his music is timeless it can still not like his pop stuff or okay, even his pop stuff but like his hard hitting albums they're still timeless you can listen to it 40 years down the line and still relate it to current situations you know so that's the beautiful thing about protest music music i think you also maybe feel that way because you can listen to the same song maybe 10 years later in a different situation and it'll still have the same meaning you know same impact i feel but yeah mm-hmm. i remember when i saw the video you posted on instagram yeah about like um someone made a video about it about, and like related it to india's current uh, situation yes. and i thought wow that makes so much sense he was actually a covid patient he was actually doing this in like a covid state like he was in the bed like in the hospital and he was making this video then he really so like a very touching thing the, the videographer the guy who edited the yeah. video drug addiction yeah drug addiction yeah i hope my uh, mom isn't here <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah uh, drug addiction have you seen narcos have you watched narcos no i haven't but you can explain no. it i think i'm the only one from my friends who hasn't watched narcos all of my friends have watched narcos except for me. you should watch narcos <laughs> yeah so drogas is in spanish means drug basically so okay. drogas addiction drug addiction like that was the basic i wrote the song when i was very immature i guess like musically immature i was still learning how to write better lyrics i mean i guess this was the turning point of my musical because i wrote i've written a lot of songs before this and they're all trash i don't play them anymore they're songs i'd probably sing to girls or something like you know like this love song or whatever like yeah. and very cliche very very cringy you know now that i think about it like it makes me shudder when i think about the kind of songs i used to write back in the day so drug addiction was i guess a turning point so i was yet immature in my writing capabilities you know but yeah drug addiction it's about drug addiction it started with drug addiction not mine but the concept of addiction that's mm-hmm. yeah for me i i told you i take 2 3 months to write a song so basically i maybe write like five lines then i 
don't write anything until like a few months later so then by then my perspective changes so i add new then the perspective of the song also evolves with time i don't write a song in like two days three days like and just it takes me i compose the song basically it takes me two three months so my perspective keeps on changing it can become many things it keeps on evolving you know i i keep on adding new melodies i keep on adding new riffs and rhythms and lyrical changes so that's the thing that's how i write on music i it took me 2 3 months to write it so meaning kept on changing with time i mean it started off as a simple concept why not write a song about drug addiction i mean because it's cool i want to be a, a cool reggae artist talk about addicted to ganja and all that nonsense and eventually it became something deeper when i was when i write my songs i sit with people sometimes i'm sitting with friends i get experience i get have experiences with them and i write that song with them they help me they give me ideas like this song at least four or five friends in separate occasions have helped me with it it's because of their help also that i wrote the song four or five different friends who don't know each other who don't know each other as well so all of us i just sit to them i'm jamming we're chilling then i just have the guitar i just start jamming they're like what if you do this what if you add that lyric what if you say this what if you use that melody so they keep on helping me i use society to make my music the way i always like society also helps me make my music i use societal ideas i mean i mean i use societal concepts to make my music and society itself helps me write my songs basically if that makes sense yeah absolutely that makes so much sense and what about um uh what do you call it sun temple like how, what's that song about or could you give me an overview about how the idea came about for that song as well i wrote that in kenya actually the chorus of the song is i got anger in my head but some affection in my heart ja ja is ja rastafari jehova yeah jehova i mean yeshua so ja guide and protect my soul the sun temples my last resort so this basically talked about how when you're angry like you're like uh, anger in my head by some affection like everyone has anger but that doesn't change who you are as a person and sometimes you might seek solace in religion you might seek solace in temple or a mosque or sometimes sometimes you find peace there i mean i found peace in my university church i mean i mean even i'm even though i'm a hindu i found peace in a church i used to sometimes go after lunch and just sit there in the church and just quiet and just sit and just close my eyes and find peace near anger but affection god will help you that's basically the concept of that song you don't have to be religious to go to a temple and experience that peace you know that's the essence of that word sun temple that's why it's called sun temple i guess most of the people from other parts of the world when you sing american music we automatically put a fake accent automatic fake american accent you know what i'm saying you know that that kind of uh, fake accent and i didn't find that to be real i find that to be disgusting i don't like it when artists use fake accents when they sing because that does not show you for who you are but when i played reggae music i was very comfortable singing the way i am because my accent was like back then it was way more african than what it is now i've lived here for 4 years so my accent evolved 
to fit to this climate, I guess, to this situation. So I was very comfortable singing reggae songs and Afrobeat songs because I felt because I felt this is how they sing and I'm talking like them, so I sing like them. It's very natural. So basically, because of how natural it is, I decided to go for this. Felt more real to me. Music teaches people compassion. Like that's a very important tool. I think art can do that. Art can always teach people about compassion. You know, I mean, that's the beautiful thing. I mean, because of art, because of art and stuff, we know what is right and wrong. I mean, our psyche has been influenced by art. You know, color and caste is the main like, huge forms of oppression here in India. The color of your skin and the caste you belong to. There are huge problems that. Still exist to a huge level here. Although it is casteism is deemed to be illegal under the Indian Constitution, Article 17 states untouchability is a crime, but still practiced heavily, which is a problem. You know, I mean, mm. I don't until society changes, laws won't work until society changes, right? Society has to change and for laws to be applicable. You know, uh, the the caste system has existed for thousands of years. and it was abolished it was it was put in the constitution that untouchability and casteism is a crime only when india got independence in the 1940s that's like barely 70 years ago but still so, people know that oh this person is a brahmin this person is an untouchable this per- like people i mean people still practice it heavily people still give jobs to certain people like even every day you'll read it in the news a dalit girl has been raped or because of the fact that she's a dalit because of the caste and then dalit man he dies cleaning a, a septic tank you know certain jobs are given only to certain castes and it's 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 heavily practiced i i don't know how long it will take for that change to happen i mean i don't know how long it will take for that change to come it might take forever not in my lifetime i don't think so i mean the changes we can make are individual for now like the changes we can make are individual um yeah it's quite it's quite sad because no one should have to die these kinds of deaths or be raped or because they're darker or because they aren't touchable or exactly i mean that's morality but then that's that's what more the moral standing is but then I, i don't know in the country which has so much hatred i don't know how how that can that change can happen i don't know how long it will take not in our lifetime definitely not in this lifetime my Thank you so much for your time, Satya. I feel like I really enjoyed our chat, and it was really cool learning about like your music and your journey. And I can't wait to see more of your work and your new album when it comes out. Thank you for calling me. Actually, thank you. It really means a lot that you appreciate my music. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for your time. To learn more about Satya, look up Dread Culture on Instagram. Dread D R E A D. You can also listen to his music on Spotify. 
Thank you for listening to Sounds of Wahala. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Sounds of Wahala Podcast. We'll be back in two weeks. I've been your host, Yasmin Albay.